Good morning or afternoon or nighttime. <laughs> this is Lori with the Love Your Story podcast. And it's Jessica from Amplify Your Vision. Today's episode is a double whammy of goodness because we're going to be discussing some really fun ideas for moving our lives forward from Donald Miller's book, Hero on a Mission. And we're doing it with, as you heard, Jessica Burrell from, well, she's the owner of Amplify Your Vision and the fabulous transformation coach. So let's jump right in. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. I was listening to Donald Miller, Hero on a Mission, which is his latest book, I think. Jess, you reading it? Yeah, loved it. And I think it is too. It's it's pretty recent. All over what he's talking about. He's so easy to follow in this, but he also talks story talk. So that's what makes it really fun. And, you know, the main gist of it here is, do you want your life to be as meaningful as possible? And I would say, you know, the given answer is sure, don't we all? Mm-hmm. And are you willing to take responsibility for your own life story? Because, you know, if we're not, then we're just sort of floating along waiting for stuff to happen to us. But I think his main idea was that good life stories take work. Yeah, I I totally agree, Lori. And I think, you know, the, the word you nailed it, like around responsibility. And, you know, we'll get into the different archetypes he outlines in the book, but One of them being like being a victim to your story or a victim to your circumstance. And we'll get more into like how, I mean, I will say how I've been a victim in the past, but the moment we start to take response, the good news is we get to take responsibility. And the bad news is we also get to take responsibility. responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just like a story, our lives have a beginning and a middle and an end. Right. And in those stories, we play lots of roles. So we're friends or husbands or wife or son or daughter, teacher or learner, whatever. We have all those roles. We're multidimensional characters. But within our story, there are also times where we play the roles you were just talking about, just the villain or the victim or the hero and even sometimes the guide. So before we go there, we want to talk about our own power and responsibility, like you were just saying, Jess. Let's look at this. The first place we have to take responsibility is who is writing your story. Do you think that fate is responsible for where you are and how your story turns out? Oh, yeah. You know, and I think there's a degree where there's sometimes like, well, things will show up and I'm like, whoa, like it's out of nowhere. It feels like fate. And I think sometimes we can get so far down that path, like the pendulum can swing so far and be like, oh, everything is fate and I'm not in control of anything or responsible for anything. And for me personally, I like to think I'm in control of everything I'm possibly in control of. I get to choose and be responsible. I'll always say I get to be responsible, good, bad, right or wrong. It's it's me. And I just get to feel surprised and delighted if the what I would refer to as the universe. And, you know, some people would say God, and I would say comes in and is like, 
something comes along my path that's very surprises and delights me, as I like to say, too. Yeah. So well, I think it's I, a bit of both. And I think fate or relying on fate to direct your life can also be a huge cop out. So I think there's that place of accepting good things are going to come. Sure. You know, good things are rolling around all over in the universe and that's going to happen. But fate isn't responsible for you living out your story. And and if you wait for it, if you just wait for it to make things happen, I really think you're going to get to the end of your life and you're going to be sitting there on the couch going, how the heck did I miss that ride? Yeah. And I know, you know, the saying, and I think about this saying when you're with this conversation already is like, we are the sole uncontested authors of our life. I know, you know, that one. And it just really reminds me of that in this moment going, if as the sole uncontested author, how would I be writing my story? You know, well, and that's what Donald Miller says, right? Like this is mm-hmm. the premise of this. And so then the next question, and I'm asking these purposefully so that you as the listener can, can, you know, ask yourself, do you believe that others, the people who are using their agency to act upon you, determine your storyline? Because if you do, and, you know, this is the victim mindset, and I've been there, I've been there, we're going to talk about this Mm -hmm. down the line here. If you do, then you're in a space where you're relinquishing that power. You know, I love the word agency, you know, and I mean, if you read the book or you've read the book or you're interested in reading the book, (laughs) it's great. And that really kept landing with me when he was saying like, some people don't take their own agency in their life. I guess that's another word for responsibility, but it feels more empowering a little bit to me. Like responsibility sometimes can feel heavy, like great power, great responsibility. (laughs) But with the agency, it feels more empowered and like I'm in I'm the agent of my life. I get to create what I want. So it's really just reinforcing that point. Well, and let's refer to like man's search for meaning, Viktor Frankl, right? Mm-hmm. He's talking about others can do whatever, like, you know, he's a survivor of the Holocaust. Uh, they can do horrible, terrible, like unmentionable things to us. They can kill everyone we know and love. They can take away, you know, even, you know, everything down to our self-respect, right? But we still have the ability and the dare we say responsibility to choose how we, the story that we build around it, the way that we choose Mm -hmm. to look at it. If we relinquish all of our power and go into a complete state of hopelessness, or if we look for meaning or learning within it. And, and, you know, that's a huge process. We talk about it in various spaces, but when we're talking about, if you believe that others who act upon you get to determine your storyline, then you're giving away your power. And the next question I would say to consider is, is it God that writes your story? And I'm going to say here, well, let me just quote Donald Miller. He says in his book, if it's fate or God, they are doing a very unfair job. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, because, you you know, we can sit here if, and what do I want to say? Like when things go wrong, that's when we're like, oh, why is, why is God doing this to me? Why is this happening to me? And I, I took a class with, I had, I was in a course with a woman and she's like, why is it happening for you? Why is this happening? Like everything. And I'm like, oh my God, please stop. But you know what? Darn it. If she wasn't right. And it's in those moments to say the, the, those hardest parts, if God and fate is writing my story, how am I taking it and using it to forward me in my life and saying like, these are the lessons I get to learn in this lifetime. And, and 
I get to move them forward. It feels like turning those obstacles into opportunities in my life as well. I think the thing that was really interesting to me about God writing our lives, I think particularly for people who you know, live in really religious spaces that there is a lot of relying on God. You know, you're wanting answers, you're wanting directions, you're you're feeling and wanting to feel like he's a partner with you and that he's there and that he's a part of it. But I think that there's a lot to be said, and this is just like the gospel of me, but I don't know how involved he really gets, you know, like in, in the book, Donald Miller says, what if God has created the scene? He's put in the sunrises and the sunsets and the oceans and the mountains, and he set the scene and then given us the responsibility to create within that scene. He says the broken nature of life is a fact, but we have been given a pen to write our way within it. And that just super struck me because it makes so much sense to me. It feels like that's what's happening. Like he's there to call on and to get support and he gives good things to us. But really, we have that responsibility and that agency and that power to create our life within the scene that he set for us. And that involves a lot of things that involves, you know, learning to forgive people that hurt. That involves, you know, getting out of the mug bogs. That involves the good. That involves recognizing the magic and seeing the good and the the gratitude. I mean, it involves a lot of stuff, but really it's within our power to I guess, accept the power or deny that we have to create with. A lot of things come up when you share that. And like, I'm not religious. And like, I know a little bit about, you know, God, but I think about, isn't it, I don't know, I don't want to misquote something, but it's like free will. Like it's actually what God gave us was was the free will. And so with that comes, our free will to create what we want within the context uh, to, to Donald's point, like within the context of the scene that has been set. And now what do we choose? Everything is choice. How we perceive something, our interpretations, it's all choice. And how do we take that choice and the agency and the free will and the responsibility and go, okay, this is it. Also like what comes up for me, like, this is it. He talks about his, his dog getting old and knowing like this is end of her life. And I think to myself, one precious life, this is all we have. And I'll say for me, shame on me if I'm not at least actively trying to make the most of it for myself and by proxy my family. Well, and I think agency is a gift too. Isn't it the Mm -hmm. most wonderful gift? What if somebody was making you do stuff all the time? I would, (laughs) I would rebel against that. So I think it's a beautiful gift that we alone have the responsibility to use, to shape our lives into something meaningful and to be creators. And then in the end, it's what have you created with this? You know, like you got this many years and you got this setting mm-hmm. and kind of what did you do with it? So to some extent that creates almost a, a burden for some people. I'm sure that that can be interpreted that way, but let's not interpret it that way. Let's interpret it as opportunity. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Let's talk about these four spaces, the victim, the villain, the hero, and the guide. And I think the best way to start with this is to kind of define these. So let's start with one we all think we are in our story. We all think we're the hero of our stories. Because we are most of the time. So the heroes 
are victims going through the process of transformation? What does that mean to you, Jess? Because that's not usually how it's said. For me, what it means is that awareness piece. And I know we've talked about this on a previous episode, but it's like, it's that moment where we're like noticing our victim for noticing where we are. And instead of staying stuck in our victimhood and our, and I was like, oh, the quagmire of indecision. And that's how I know I'm in victim when I'm like, I don't know. And I'm just like a victim to all my circumstance. And I know like the moment I become my hero is when I can take a step out of my story and observe it from like a different viewpoint, a different perspective. And then it's like, oh, oh, look at, look at you, Jessica, how, how cute you're, you're doing that again. <laughs> so I don't know that that wasn't a very succinct answer, Lori, but like, for me, it's that moment where I start to notice my victimhood and by noticing, I can start to do something about it. So the thing that I love about this definition is that it makes us so human. Like when you say hero, you almost think infallible, right? But when you really think about the stories, think of any of the transformation stories on any movie, right? Whatever, Seabiscuit, um, (laughs) Lord of the Rings, you know, I mean, (laughs) any of them, whoever Mm -hmm. that primary hero, quote unquote, of the story is, they are going through a process of transformation. They want something and they are going through the process that is needed to gain that something. And almost Mm -hmm. always they are having to call on or come up with things that they don't know and don't currently have access to in order to achieve that goal. So it really is a process of transformation. And oftentimes we may have been in a space of victimhood and we're trans we're transforming out of that into something better and learning more. And that, that has a lot to do with my story. So Mm -hmm. yes. No, thank you. The the only one little thing I want to add to it, and like I know that you talk about this a lot too, but in like in the hero's journey, you know, there's that one part where the hero, quote unquote, the hero tries everything that's comfortable in order to solve the problem. And that's still in victim. Like they're not aware of that problem yet because they're still trying everything. I know that these are things and then trying all the things. It's not until they step into trying on something new where the shift starts to happen. And I know you're going to get to this, but like, and it's also when they, then they find their guide as well. So it's almost like within those spaces after they figured out, okay, I've tried on all these comfortable things. And I, now I know I need to actually step out of my comfort zone to make a real change here. Yeah. And often that guide, you know, if we can be open to those guides, I love guides, (laughs) but we can be open to them. Then they help us become somebody that we're not. And let let me, what I mean by that is if we want to overcome something, we don't know how to overcome at point A, we have to become somebody that we are not currently, meaning we're going to transform into more than what we were at point A in order to be able to handle and work our way to point B. And the guide gives us information on doing that. You know, if we knew how to transform perfectly into the, you know, the ideal hero or God, we'd already be there, but it's a process. And the guide helps us do that. So Mm -hmm. heroes, heroes, got that. But let's go on to victim. The victims, the definition here is they believe that they are buffeted by circumstances and that they have no power in their own lives. They often give up. They surrender to fate. They believe they are doomed. So this goes back to the responsibility, you know, conversation Mm -hmm. we were just having. If you're one of those people that when we read through that, you're like, no, fate's in charge. No, I don't have power. Other people did this to me. I can't, you know, I can't get out of it. Fate's against me. You know, that real stagnant mindset. 
you're in victim mode. Embrace that, <laughs> know what it is, and hopefully desire to move out of it. Yeah. And, and, or at least acknowledge that you're there. Sometimes I'm like, I say to my one girlfriend, I'm like, look, <laughs> I'm having a pity party. That's how I know I'm in victim when I want to just throw myself a big old pity party. And some days I'm just like, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be here. I'm just going to be here in this moment, but I'm at least aware about it enough that I'm like, yes, I'm going to move <laughs> through this. And for this moment, this is where I'm at. And, you know, knowing I'm going to move out. I want to move out. But I think the other, the other thought that I was thinking about from a victim perspective is we're all there. We've all been there. We've all been a victim to a circumstance in our lives. So sometimes people, one or the other can be like, Oh, like people are playing the victim card and we all like, guess what? I'm sure you have to. (laughs) So, Hey, what if we like have some, if we can start to meet that with some compassion and that victims like going, Hey, we've all done it. And I think, uh, you know, back to a guide, like getting someone, supporting somebody out of a victim mindset means um, meeting them where they are. And that like, not that you have to be a victim, but like understanding that, that stuckness and the circumstance. And then uh, one more thing that was coming up to is the other thought that helps me is like, Hey, I've been a victim to my circumstance before. And I have examples where I have overcome it. So even in my darkest days, when I'm in my pity party modes, I'm like, okay, I've been up against a greater circumstance truly. And I've overcome those. And so like, I have that muscle memory, if you will, on I've done it in the past. So that also will kind of support. I know we're working. I know I'm getting jumping ahead going like, how are we getting out of victim? But I'm at least, how do I recognize that where I'm at? So (laughs) Okay. So we've had the definition of hero, the definition of victims here. And now let's look at the definition of the villain. The villain is someone who makes other people small. They do not seek transformation. They seek revenge. And you know, like we're talking about all of these at some time in all of our lives, we're going to play these different roles. And I'll be honest, as I thought back over my life and I was thinking, you know, when have I played the villain? I couldn't really think of like very many places. I'm such a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I shouldn't share that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, there weren't that many that, that came up, but I think the fact that maybe other people's stories that I'm in. Maybe I've, I've been the villain more than I thought I've been the villain, right? <laughs> right? Who knows? But but yeah. I think just being the awareness of what this is, if you're ever in a mindset or a situation where you are consciously working to make other people small or seeking revenge, or you, know, you have that kind of mindset, you've stepped into your villain energy. And you know, at the very least, acknowledge that. You know what just came up? So well, what what always seems to come up when I was when he would mention the villain and the, and I would reflect and say okay like where have I been an, a villain and I know like I've done like when I was in grade school it, like I've I said one thing to one girl one time and it was like terrible and I like don't even need to get into it but as an adult I go okay my I am so committed to being a good person and and kind and but I do hold I do hold people small Lori because I. I judge. I notice like if I have judgments, it's holding people small. It's not holding people in their greatness. And it feels to me like holding people small also feels like not believing in them. So maybe I'm not being the villain, like you suck, but I'm like, oh, cute. That's cute that you think you can do the thing. I mostly think (laughs) with my children in these moments, like 
Oh, no, I don't think so. (laughs) And so I'm not encouraging them. I'm not supporting them to go bigger. I'm actually holding them small in my mind and going that they can't do something. I think that's a great thing to bring up because we can all look in our minds to see when do we do that to other people. Yeah. Instead of empowerment, it it's kind of feels like it actually feels like the, the opposite of empowerment. It's like holding them small and not believing that what is actually possible for them. So the guide, definition of the guide, this is the hero does not transform alone. We all have help. So we all have lots of help. And the hero doesn't know how to do it all because they're in this process of transformation, which is learning, right? So the cool part is that the pain of any situation like that we go through or we're learning, that transforms the hero into a guide for other people. So Mm -hmm. I I think that's very hopeful because, and, and also very personal, because I I can just relate, like for instance, as I look back, so on loveyourstorypodcast.com, the website on the homepage, there's three videos and it's called, there. it's basically my story broken into three different parts. And it talks about the broken and the the transformation and, and the fixed. And, and basically it, it talks about my, my four divorces and the, was it four, three, three. <laughs> keep track of how many times I've been married. <laughs> the three divorces, the the process of the shame that I felt, the the disillusionment with how my life turned out, the all of the things that had been done to me that that were unfair and hurtful and and really, you know, victimizing in many cases. And when I'm going through it for 20 years, it just feels like this horrible shameful struggle to survive, but I get on the other side of that 20 years and really it's the source of the spring, let's say where the love your story podcast came from. And so because I understand lots of different aspects, let's say I understand being in an abusive situation. I understand being in a a relationship with someone with an addiction. I understand what it feels like to be abandoned. I understand what, you know, all of these different Mm -hmm. things that I never wanted to understand, but I do now. And that puts me on the other side of it where I can, because I went through the process of reframing my story, of coming out of my victimhood, of growing and learning through that very long experiential space of life, I can create and help and guide other people. And really, I think that's what the Love Your Story podcast is. It's me and stepping into my guide energy. For sure. I, I would, I would agree with that too. And, and I think the other thing, all of that, and it's like using our lessons for the greater good and not just hoarding them or keeping them to ourselves. It's like paying it forward. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that Donald talks about in the book too, is like the guide is kind of, is the supporting, is the supporting character. It's not the main character. The main character is the hero, even though the guide has the knowledge and the experience and uh, the wisdom and like all of the things they're, they're good in those moments to step back and be the supporting role for the transformation, like for the transformation itself. It's like the goal is the transformation, not their recognition or that people are always seeing them. And I think to your point in your podcast, like that's why you interview people. It's not just you. It's you as the guide seeing 
the magic in other people and bringing that to the forefront to say like, this is the lesson or these are the messages that get to get out of this world. Oh, so many beautiful stories on the podcast. Quote from Donald Miller. He said, quote, life is a beautiful experience and we get to participate in making it so. The idea that fate writes your story is a lie. We do not suffer fate. We partner with fate to write a story generated from our own God-given creativity and agency. And that story can be more than interesting. It can be meaningful. This discussion goes on for another 25 minutes. It's the hot seat where Jessica and I discuss the spaces in our own personal lives as examples of what it looks like to be in hero energy or victim energy, villain energy, and guide energy. It's the real life peek behind the curtain. So join us in the next episode for the rest of the conversation. Your challenge this week is to consider when you are playing the victim, when you are playing the villain. Where in your life are you sourcing hero energy? Kind of fun to do this exercise. Grab a piece of paper and jot a few things down. Consider how your experience has given you the opportunity to be in a guide energy. And this might be easier done when you listen to the next episode, part two, because you're going to hear me and Jess doing this very thing with our own lives, giving examples. But give it a try and then compare as Jess and I talk next week. My ask for you is to please share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it. It's an easy share on your app. You just hit share episode, you text it to him, and you've got some feel good sharing the love going on. So we'll see you in two weeks. And you'll get to hear Jess and I as we source the archetype energies.